Papa Day, and this is the KUM Podcast Network. Welcome to Conscious Living with Claire Calvo, where we show you how to live a happy and healthy island life. Thanks so much for downloading us. And now, here's Claire. Papa Day, namaste, and thank you for tuning in today, Guahan and Beyond. I'm Claire Calvo, and this is Conscious Living. Today, we are talking about something so exciting. We are talking about the business of wellness. And I couldn't have picked two or asked two better people to come in today than these two amazing ladies who are have contributed and continue to contribute so much to Guam's uh, wellness industry. Liv Marathi and Jelena Santos. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Thank you for being here. So, man, Liv, I'll start with you. You've been here for like, what? <laughs> you haven't been here for more than like... Two months, and yeah. you have really, you've really have done so much in just a short amount of time, and it's exciting to see how, when I moved back in 2004, 16 years ago, talking about like pranayama or talking about like probiotics or you know whatever anything wellness affiliated was still kind of like sideways look right mm-hmm. like okay yeah. what yeah. And, and and just to see how much it's really um exploded not yeah. just locally but globally yeah um i have some statistics um before i introduce like full-on introduce <laughs> them the global wellness institute said that the so they they do a lot of this nice um pure i think it's mostly pure uh research mm-hmm. peer reviews 3.7 trillion it's a 3.7 trillion dollar industry yeah. wow. that's what it's exploded into yeah. and when we talk about wellness obviously <laughs> we're not just talking about yoga mm-hmm. or about uh probiotics and like adaptogens and whatnot we we're talking about the whole mm-hmm. the whole realm of everything from the ayurvedic from you know integrative yeah. health yoga everything affiliated with ayurveda yes. we're talking about the whole scheme of everything functional medicine and whatnot um Yoga, believe it or not, 4.9 growth between now and 2022. And they did a study that with all the fitness studios, it's a 27% or something just about how much, especially boutique Mm -hmm. fitness um, studios are blowing up. And guess what the top um, group exercise, uh, what's the top group exercise class? Yoga? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, more quick, growing quicker than like CrossFit, mm-hmm. TRX, anything else out there is yoga. Yeah. And, I'm, and of course, you guys would understand, you know, living and breathing that lifestyle. So um, let's start. We'll start with Jelena and then we'll yeah. move to live. Just okay. share with us, like, what is your first? What inspired you? Because you are a, a yoga instructor. Yes. And I don't like to just put, okay, this is all you are, but yeah. like you, you encompass a lot of different things within the wellness industry. Can you mm-hmm. just share a little bit about your journey and all that it encompasses? Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. So in my early 20s, I was in acting school. And so um, in acting school, they make you take something called a movement class so that you can sort of learn how to embody different characters and techniques and stuff. And one of the first things my acting teacher or my movement teacher taught us was sun salutations. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that Where there was suns um, in San Francisco. Oh I went to Academy of Art University. I went there. Did you really? <laughs> I did a co-op, but they're in USF. Okay. But it's a little... Okay. So I went there. (laughs) That's where we went. Um, So, yeah, so she taught us sun salutations. She didn't tell us that they were sun salutations. She was just like, inhale, bring your hands up, and exhale. And I remember just thinking, like, what is happening right now? Um, But then also kind of noting that I had not felt in my body like that ever. Uh, So that kind of took that and ran with it, you know. So I, I would visit yoga 
periodically throughout the years. Um, and then after college, I didn't go into acting. I went into banking. So I, I became wait, a banker. Wait, hold on. <laughs> when I moved to LA, my first job was in banking. Okay, well, that's... <laughs> this is crazy. Okay. Yeah. We're seeing some parallels yeah. here. Yeah, so I got into banking because I needed to pay my bills, and living in San Francisco is really expensive, so um, I stayed in banking. I was in banking for like eight years, I want to say, and towards the end of that stint, I just started to have so many health issues, and I was um, I was struggling with mental you know, mental health issues as well, you know, a lot of emotional, um, like, depression and anxiety, and um, I wanted to figure that out, so I went back to practicing yoga, and I started um, practicing every day. I went to um, core core power yoga. And um, just that feeling of like sweating things out and listening to music and having shavasana or just that quiet time of surrender at the end of class really helped me uh, discover myself. And so towards, you know, maybe a year or two into practicing yoga regularly, I decided to quit my job. You know, I even pulled out my retirement. Oh my gosh! Don't. Look, I mean, you know, you do what you got to do. And, and then, you're how old at yeah, that time? I'm 20, 27 when I'm starting to make the decision. But I was like 28 when everything was pretty finalized. Good for you, that's courage. It was huge. Um, so I, yeah, I took my retirement out and I decided to move back to Guam. And went to India first, got certified to teach, and now I'm here and I've been teaching. So since. that was you went to India. Was that when you went with Cat? No, so I went went? to Kat. I went with Kat um, a little bit after I moved back to Guam to Indonesia for Vipassana. Yes, yeah, which is a whole other (laughs) thing in itself. Yeah, yeah. I thought... I was going to lose my mind and when I did before, Like, literally. I, I really enjoyed it. I think it. I did. <laughs> did you go in right? the Philippines? Too? No, this was years ago up in um, Mount Madonna in San, northern, north of San north. Francisco. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Oh, that's I mean, on my bucket list. Yeah. I still have so much on my bucket list. But wait, can you share? So when you went to India for mm-hmm. your um, kind of like a pilgrimage, right? Yes. Yeah. So what, um, how long were you, Was it so your teacher training was there? Yeah. Was yeah. it Ashtang? What, what style was it? It was Hatha. And then with, you know, an accent on vinyasa flow. Right, right. Um, but... Yeah, so I was there for about a month and a half, and it was a fully immersive program, like six days a week. But then, of course, on Sundays, they had something planned for us to do all day. So (laughs) it went by so fast, and I was exhausted by the end of it. But um, it was in this beautiful holy city called Rishikesh in northern India, Mm -hmm. if you've been there or heard about it. And it was... It was, I mean, my friends would make fun of me. They were like, it's your totally eat, pray. You're doing your eat, pray, love thing. And I was like, yes, I'm owning my eat, pray, love moment. Um, but what made you decide there specifically? And then were you were you following a specific teacher or? Um, so I decided that because the practice stemmed out of India, mm-hmm. I really wanted to go to the source right. and be in the country where um, where the philosophy really was born, you know? Right, and, right. Um, and and I feel that way about a lot, you know, because we have a lot of um, really deeply rooted philosophies here as Chamor people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would like, if there was a practice that we wanted to offer the world, I would really like for people to come here and learn it, you know. Right. So, Absolutely. Um, so that was sort of my, my go-to. And, 
yeah, everyone sort of thought I was a little crazy, though, when I told, like, my grandma was like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to India. And she was like, what? <laughs> For a month. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. exciting. Did you yeah. take any other aspects? Like, do you follow an Ayurvedic practice? or? Um, right now, honestly, it's because my personal relationship with diet has always been a little wishy-washy. Right. Um, so I've I try to I went plant based for about six months and I didn't last. Um, so I've I am very I'm, I do try to be conscious about how I eat, mm-hmm. but that's to be honest that's my biggest struggle right now is that because right. I grew up that was like one of the main ways that my parents show love yeah, was part of our food, culture, mm-hmm. part of our sure. culture. Yeah. So I'm very emotionally attached mm-hmm. to my food. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when I first moved back as a raw vegan yeah I got a lot of like that must have been really hard it was yeah it was kind of like and then I felt bad and some then I was like okay this is extra toxic because I'm feeling guilty on top of already you know being I didn't didn't feel forced but it was my own projections of Mm -hmm. like feeling I had to please Mm -hmm. and like okay I'll eat that even though I don't feel like it resonates (laughs) you know so it's available yeah, yeah and I think you come to a point right where it's like Really, at the end of the day, what's more important? Making sure that I'm not having freaking, like, gluten yeah. or making my nana happier, you know? Yeah. Making my yeah. aunt or whoever. Yeah. So, um, well, thanks for sharing yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And moving on to Ms. Liv. Hello. Hi. Hello. So share with us your, your wellness journey. Because on that note, like, Jelena was speaking about doing what works for her, mm-hmm. right? Like, the whole thing with integrative health or... Mm-hmm functional medicine it's yeah. individualizing things of what works for you you know yeah. not just when it comes to like okay there's no one size fits all for mm-hmm. nutrition or for exercise exactly. or for yeah whatever your spiritual calling is right yeah, so definitely. and that's also aside from yoga we'll share about all of the different so it's it's interesting to hear some of the like parallels in your stories and then also my story too um but yeah i i started i think i found yoga so i used to dance back in the day. I've been a dancer. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes. For most of my life, so I was in Skip and yeah. when I went to college, I minored in dance mm-hmm. and I had a knee injury that, you know, basically stopped me from dancing for a bit and that's sort of when I found yoga is like, how can I still, how can my body still express itself and move and flow, but maybe in something that's not so um, hard on my knees or my body. Mm -hmm. So um, it kind of stemmed from that love of dance and then kind of transitioned into yoga over time. Beautiful. And I haven't really stopped since. So when I went to college, I started doing yoga. I started doing meditation, started really exploring different styles. So Mm -hmm. trying, you know, teachers in LA or trying teachers in San Francisco, you know, there was such an abundance of good yoga happening in California, which I think we all have experienced. You're based Northern or Southern California? Uh, I went to college in San Diego, but then I lived in in San Francisco after and then stopped, stopped in LA on the way up. So kind of all of the The serendipity. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like thinking about yoga it's always been a part of my life since I left Guam and then I started to dive a little bit deeper into you know going to retreats and really experiencing I know when we met the other week we're talking about just the magic of retreats and so I think that was something that I started to explore more as I got older. Um, and then the nutrition piece. So like through in Institute of Integrated Nutrition, I've been really diving into the food part and realizing it is, you know, this concept of, they call it in, in my program, bio-individuality, which, mm. yeah, everybody's different. You 
all three of us are going to have totally different uh, experiences with food and with diets and um, just looking at the whole person and what might be impacting them outside of food because it's probably something else. (laughs) You know, nine times out of ten. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing, even like the doshas, right? So whatever traditional, because then you think about it, these are, because I I think now because it's like really exploded in Mm -hmm. the past, what, uh, one or two decades, some people might think, oh, it's trendy or it's just the hype, but these are things that have been around for thousands of yes. years. You can't question yeah. like whether it's traditional Chinese medicine mm-hmm. or Ayurveda or yoga, yeah. but even like with the doshas, right? Mm-hmm. Even like with, with Ayurveda, there's there's different types of, of not just physical body, yeah. but um, the energetic body. There's so yeah. many other things to consider. So Definitely. you're an integrative health practitioner as well, yes. right? holistic health coach. Um, and so I've been doing the, I just got certified to be a yoga teacher, have not started teaching yet, but then also (laughs) going in Bali. Yeah. Yeah. And then going through the, um, holistic health coaching program, which has been so interesting, really opened my eyes up to like a whole other side of wellness that I hadn't really tapped into. I think it just has sparked even more curiosity of like, there's so much in the health and wellness world and people think it's fitness or a gym or, you know, but there's just so much. That's why I'm not even surprised by that, you know, 3 billion number. I'm like, it's out there in different shapes. Um, And thank goodness it is. Yeah. Because I mean, of course, you know, when something becomes an industry, you have to be Mm -hmm. careful because there's a lot of information, but also a lot of misinformation. But that's up to each individual to, you know, do the due diligence. To do the work and research what what resonates and what doesn't. Um, So in Bali, did you do, did you follow a specific teacher there or did you just decide? Yeah. I, not a specific teacher, but I, um, I knew I had gone to Bali like two times before that. And I knew I wanted to do my teacher training in Bali. There's just something about when, even when it's quiet, you hear like Bali is alive, like with Mm -hmm. just nature, like Mm -hmm. there's something so special about Ubud and just all of the healing and, you know, yoga that's there. Yeah. So I knew I wanted to go there. I knew I wanted to do a Hatha teacher training. Um, and everything kind of lined up with the teachers who are, uh, one of them is from California. And yeah, everything just lined up to, to happen. I really also wanted to do it as a pit stop on the way home too. Yeah. And to really kind of like immerse myself in it. Like so a nice return back. Yeah, yeah. It was such a good way to come, but just like to mentally get into the, the mental and physical place to be like, okay, now it's time to do the work. Yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting. Well, before I get to the whole uh, Bali and Indian, the retreat thing, another interesting thing is when you're speaking about how when you would, you injured your knee in mm-hmm. dance, you turned to yoga. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And then whether it's, you know, an illness or whatnot, I think, and I'm sure it's not just us, but a lot of people end up in this field, mm-hmm. this industry, because of you know, the going through their own mm-hmm. stuff, oh, yeah. whether it's mental, emotional, physical, or all of the above. Yeah. And that was the thing with me in LA. I got so lost in the acting and dance <laughs> industry that I felt I was losing myself and I fell into pretty dark place mentally, yeah. emotionally. And I ended up physically hurting myself because it's like, all right, we're holistic. It's all connected. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So of course I ended up saying it was my ankle or my knee or something. I was on crutches and I just remember feeling like at my all time low already having the image, the body mm-hmm. issues, going through bulimia, going through, you know, abusive relationship, just really in a hole and thinking I didn't really love yoga yet. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, oh my God, I guess I'm going to do this because I need to, you know, it's therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. I can't dance. And for me, it was kind of like by default, mm-hmm. almost like I 
can't perform, I can't audition, so let me do this mm-hmm. until I'm well enough. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting how God or the universe or whatever you want to, but like takes you through mm-hmm. certain things and it's not always like the way you expect it to no. be. A lot of times it's, it's almost yeah. never yeah. what you expect it to be. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I totally wanted to go this route. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we were talking about, so you um, had your training in India. You mm-hmm. had your training in Bali. And so now I want to talk about being back home. Yeah. And we've, I feel, you know, we're, we're blessed to have left the island. I've had, had these experiences out, you know, mm-hmm. different areas. I mean, I, I love home, but it's always nice to just, you learn so much when you travel and you learn other cultures mm-hmm. and different things from everywhere. Absolutely. And now that we're back here, the exciting thing is moving forward and, and creating here what we have, you know, just picking little magic as we've gone mm-hmm. along different places. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in Bali, such a mag- magical place. You yeah. knew you wanted to do your retreat there. Yeah. I mean, your training. And you, you know, you want to be in India. But just recently, because um, with the soulcations that we've had a few of since last year, mm-hmm. and um, since I moved back, I just, I came back home after 14 years or 16 years and just looked at like, wow, I grew up here, mm-hmm. and I really did not have the same appreciation yeah. as a child as I did mm-hmm. as an adult. Like, of all the places I've gone to, mm-hmm. we have all of that yes. here yeah. and more. Yeah, it's, it's just, Guam is just, on so many levels, just so spiritually rich and mm-hmm. deep. Yeah. And where else would you want to do a yoga retreat? Yeah. <laughs> or yoga workshop? Seriously. Seriously. So, it's like, the, and it's funny because, we, you know, I, I've been a wave. 13, 14 years, so probably around the same amount of time that you're away too. And coming back, I knew that every time I came back for Christmas, I would always leave and was like, that was the best. I I would always spend like January and February just homesick. (laughs) this feeling? I'm like, no, I want to go back home. And I thought maybe, okay, because I was on vacation, I had off email, you know, but it's some it's definitely super real what you know what we have here is I appreciate it so much more than when I was growing up and I feel like it's it is so different than how it was before just in terms of health and wellness and people just being open to it and sort of you know being experimenting with different types of things and it's just a totally different place than I remember growing up so it's been so better than I expected coming back it just feels right. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to, I am where I'm supposed to be, and that's a really good feeling. Yeah. Especially when even we're on a smurgy retrograde. <laughs> I still feel it. <laughs> again, every time that I was like, again, I feel like we just finished. I know. Mercury retrograde. I know. And it only happens three times a year, but I think because of the pre-shadow. Long, yeah. And post-shadow. Yeah. But... On that note, can you share what you guys foresee, what you have planned, Mm -hmm. what basically you you envision and want to create moving forward? Mm -hmm. Do you want to start? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Go at it, 100%. I know, right? I'm just like, (laughs) wow, that's a big question. Um, I mean... I think that considering my journey, like once you sort of understand that importance of connection and seeing connection between all of your different bodies and your experiences and and how, you know, how they explain how you experience your reality at this point, um, it's hard not to be passionate about sharing what wellness is to you, mm-hmm. to other people. So for me, my, um, my, avenue, my avenue has definitely been yoga, but also through this podcast that I also produce um, called Dear Gorgeous Letters. And it's all about sort of bringing women together and telling their stories and mm-hmm. just um, and talking about their successes and their struggles and those things. Um, to me, having those types of conversations and highlighting um, stories of of people like us mm-hmm. here on Guam is really important um, for 
finding a, that more holistic definition of what wellness means to right. the people here. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of my vision is to continue these conversations and continue to highlight the stories as well as encourage um, other people to explore themselves through movement, explore themselves through other outlets um, like content creating or writing and, and things yeah. like that. So Just getting that energy moving. Yeah, and then encouraging community. And that's one of the things that I love about what Libs is doing with the Inner Wellness Collective. I won't elaborate too much so that you can talk about it, <laughs> but like any opportunity that we can get to actually get together and talk like we're doing now mm -hmm. um, and share our stories without judgment, without right. real opinion, mm -hmm. um, just so that we are aware of each other and aware that we're more similar than we might feel we are to each other as right. well. Um, like a nice safe space. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Mm -hmm. nice. How about you, Liz? So, yeah, I feel like I'm just getting started. It's like the airplane, like, about to take off. Um, so, yeah, you know, Wellness Collective just started this month. So mm -hmm. first month, just first couple weeks, actually. Um, so we've been doing, you know, the launch events, the pop-up events. Um, Going to be having upcoming retreats. And as I mentioned, the health coaching piece will, will kick off soon. But it's crazy because I, I just feel so energized by the work that I'm doing right now. And I think that it's such an important I think what we're all doing is important work to be doing with the community. Mm -hmm. I think when I think about this year and sort of what's to come with Eno Wellness, I'm just really excited to, you know, there's so many people doing health and wellness in some capacity, whether it's teaching, whether it's healing, whether it's massage therapy, whether, right. you know, similar to what you had at, um, in Retidian with like all different types of people joining different in. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like there's definitely an opportunity to, you know, sort of lift those people up and bring everyone together and really show Guam, like there's so much opportunity here to, um, to explore. Yeah. So I'm really excited for this year. I'm excited for more collaborations, um, dear gorgeous and, Eno wellness collective <laughs> <laughs> collaborations. And yeah, we have a couple we have an event on the 29th and an event on the 7th so just gearing up for so that what is what is on the 29th the 29th is the final event in the new year's reset so we had two we had jelena's we just had cats on saturday and then the last one's with aubrey maxwell and it's going to be a hike or sort of sort of beach um walk along tangisen and then we're going to end with the yoga flow um near mushroom rock um that one has a couple more spots available so it's on the 29th and then you're going <laughs> um, and then the event on the seventh is going to be with a visiting teacher from New York. And that one's open too, as well. That so one's open as okay. well. Yeah, but it's been really fun just to scout out venues, to scout out um, you know different teachers, and just to explore being home and see see what the offerings are. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for these last two events to um, wrap up, and then I'll be announcing some more. Nice. Yeah. And then did you know, so, so far you had um, Jelena start with the first mm -hmm. event, right? Yeah. And then Kat, did you know, did you guys know each other prior? So we had met, we talked about it, listen to the funny. Dear Gorgeous yeah. podcast. Yeah, oh, she was just a guest, like we released an episode on Sunday, but we talked about how funny this is. Yeah, we didn't know. Because when you first know. started, you were like, you've done so much since you got here, but a lot of people don't realize that Liv's been working on this idea for a couple of years at least, <laughs> yeah. but she reached out to me on Instagram, um, a year ago, I mm -hmm. want to say, because uh, I was doing a, a yoga challenge with Magahaga Rising uh -huh. um, for Chamorro History Month last year. So oh. we were finding like parallels, yes, yes. right? And Francesca and you, right? Yes. Guys, okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, so Liv found me on there and just messaged me and said, hey, like I have these ideas. I'm moving back to Guam soon. And she was in Amsterdam. And we've, we've been connected ever yeah. since. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then with the... 
yeah so with us we were just connected just by you moved home I saw that you you know she went to India we connected that way Kat I I had taken her class um when I was back home and I was like wow I I got a synergy (laughs) a lot I was actually at her class this morning um and yeah I just loved her style and loved what just the energy that she brought and every teacher is so different you know so it's been fun being back home and I think I've been trying to go to all the classes that there are here just to experience you know experiment with the different teachers and see what styles resonate with that's the beautiful thing about it just like we're talking about whether it's nutrition Mm -hmm. and what works and what resonates and what doesn't the same thing with like yoga it's like there's Mm -hmm. so many different styles yeah because I you know I've I've spoken to people who are like, oh, but I'm not flexible, or I'm not this, or not that, and it's like, number one, it's a practice. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a performance, you know. And I, yeah. I, I, I understand some people are not comfortable mm-hmm. if it's their first time or whatnot. But and that's the beauty. It's like you could take a class, or you could do things online. There's yeah. nothing it's so approachable different from ways. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but on that note of um, this is the business of wellness. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about that aspect because I don't know if it was just me because you know it was like 16 years ago but opening up a fitness wellness you know little studio just started off like like literally in a storage room on the second floor (laughs) and I don't know if it was just like the insecurity with myself and Mm -hmm. feeling like man to charge people like you know not really not really realizing my own value. Yeah. Or, or it was probably combined with, well, this is health and wellness, and mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't charge. Maybe everything mm-hmm. should just be donation. And yeah. I came from that mindset because Definitely. my instructor, the one who I trained under, Brian Kest, mm-hmm. all of his classes from the very beginning in the 80s mm-hmm. were donation-based, right? Yeah. So when I moved back and after training with him, me and my partner at the time, Roland, were like, like, should we do it the way Brian does? And of course, mm-hmm. Roland's like, Claire. He's Brian Kess. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows, you know, we're not gonna just gonna like open our doors and we're gonna have like a following of people. Yeah. So it was like trying to balance out, you know, the left brain kind of like, oh, but you gotta, you know, this is a business, it's a mm-hmm. for profit, not yeah. a non profit. Mm-hmm. And then of course the right brain of like, but this is, you know, coming from the mm-hmm. overflow and having mm-hmm. that, that mentality of like, this should be available to everyone mm-hmm. and anyone. Totally. So how do you guys, because, you know, both of you are your businesswoman as yeah. well. So how do you deal with that? Do it. I mean, <laughs> you got to just accept that it's you're not going to be like for me. I came from banking to doing this. Right. And I had to go into it knowing that I wasn't going to be making you know, right. mm-hmm. as much as I was making before. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just for me, I had to reevaluate my value of money and abundance yeah. too. Um, but then also, yeah, you bring up a good point about, you know, learning how to value yourself. Mm-hmm. Because early, and I still deal with um, imposter syndrome too, just, you know, like, making sure that I'm able to give something of value to whoever's coming into my class is very important to me. But you also, as a teacher, have to understand that just as an individual, I'm like, we all have something special to offer, you know, whether or not everyone's going to resonate with it, who knows? Right. Right. Um, but you know, always being true to that, but then it is sort of, um, it's an exchange of energy and, and being able to honor that I think is important. Um, but that being said, also yoga is, is pretty accessible here on island. I, mm-hmm. you know, when I first visited, um, before becoming a yoga teacher, I had no problem finding classes that, you know, I could go to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how I deal with it is, is I just, I just trust right. and I've been able to meet a lot of good people in the industry like you you know I've been teaching um for synergy for about what a year yeah (laughs) a year at least um 
And when did you move back? I want to say I moved back in mid-2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it has been. Yeah. And I feel like once you start to gain momentum, especially as an independent contractor, which is what I am, right. um, the demand is, is actually pretty high right now. So it's just like I find myself having to turn down classes. Great yes, it's going to continue to rise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's that. But then, yeah, yeah. Good. Be creative with it as well as important. Yeah, yeah. But it's true about the whole valuing ourselves and knowing that, you know, there is a demand for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And although it is something that's coming from a heart space, yes. everything is an exchange of energy, including yeah. currency. Yes. Mm-hmm. Including yeah. the money. So, yeah. And how about you? how about with you? Yeah, so I I definitely like plus one the idea of like it should be accessible to everybody and probably the people who need it most are the ones that might not be seeking it. So they, you know, seeing a high price tag might be like, oh, you know, another reason to not kind of explore it. So as I've been thinking about, you know, Wellness Collective and sort of the, what the future looks like, I do feel like there's a place for, um, you know, places with, you know, a ticket price associated with it because people do, it is a valuable experience Mm -hmm. that you're creating for people. Um, And I've been trying to create something that maybe they haven't experienced yet and really make it an experience for people. So I think there is value, definitely value to that. But then there's, you almost need to do those pieces in order to work on some of the more, you know, passion projects that you yeah, might have. Yeah. So, you know, offer, offering free meditation to, right. you know, kids in school, yeah. like that's something that, you know, needs to be happening, but yeah. you also, you need to have that balance in order to actually be a business side. So maybe it's like leaning heavy on, you know, the higher ticket items now and finding those people where they don't even bat an eye at, you know, $25, for example, right. um, in order to do more of the community yeah. work. Yeah. It has to be that balance. Yeah. Um, I think it's important too, to sort of, I guess, challenge the um, curtain values of money, you know, mm-hmm. like what do we value? What is $15 to us? Cause if mm-hmm. we're, if we're willing to spend $10 on a movie ticket, mm-hmm. which is an experience, yeah. then why not spend 10, $15 on an hour and 15 right. minutes mm-hmm. of yep. movement and mm-hmm. flow yeah. um, that will help you explore yourself and get closer to yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think like if, you know, as yoga teachers or businesswomen or whatever if mm-hmm. we stay true to the value of what we're um we're offering mm-hmm. you know we're at least challenging those values of money as well yeah. absolutely yeah yeah and yeah. i think so before i moved here i was working at eventbrite they do like ticketing for events mm-hmm. and the whole thing about eventbrite that we were you know presenting and pitching to clients and you know talking talking to people about with this experience economy and how people now are buying experiences versus yes. that expensive handbag you yeah. know so yeah. and how there's this, this concept of like fear of missing out right, and right. A sort of leaning into that as you think about events so i think there is a uh, we are in the time now where people are valuing a plane ticket and a experience like a retreat yeah. or or an event over, you know, buying that item or that right, physical right. thing that they might have. Well, yeah. <laughs> on a point to um, what both of you guys said, this summer, mm-hmm. my son loves WWE. <laughs> I, I could care less about sitting in a room with a bunch of, like, <laughs> testosterone-filled, like, ha-ha, you know. Yeah. Although it's, like, I don't know. I shouldn't say if it's real or fake. But, <laughs> you know, that would be cutting right into my, I already had planned a Cuba trip with a friend of mine who's leading an amazing dance, uh, oh. Afro-Cuban training there. So I really had to sit with this, like, 
Although I'd really value that experience, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like a day or two, you know, going into it. So I thought about that. It's like, yeah, the experience and the value, though, mm-hmm. of experiencing that with my son yeah, right. rather than being like, okay, I'll pay for your ticket. You go with your auntie and I'm going to be over here. It's like, right. although I will be missing some, you know, I won't be getting my full um, value for the entire mm-hmm. two weeks, but at least I'll be with my son. And then what you said about the whole thing with, um, I'm sorry, I just keep these mental notes. I should be, <laughs> my memory should be writing it down, but truly knowing the value of what you're spending on mm-hmm. I say the same thing like when people are like, oh my gosh, but organic is so expensive or yeah. to buy that. Mm-hmm. And it is cost more, but you know, I've always heard, yeah, but what costs even more of that is a medical bill. Right. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, but then you're going to eat out at, you know, whatever restaurant that costs like three times as yeah. much as just buying yeah. organic, exactly. whatever. So mm-hmm. it truly is about putting value to, you know, knowing mm-hmm. the priorities of what you're, you're purchasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, so with that being said, what, when you are going to, so I know you said that there's going to be a couple of different things, mm-hmm. right? Aside from the retreat, I mean, aside mm-hmm. from the events and mm-hmm. workshops. And then are you somehow mm-hmm. affiliated? Yeah, with she's Ina? our first teacher. I'm the first teacher. Part of the collective. So is it going to be the, uh, like a consistent are you going to... Yeah, that not... <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes. So we haven't really talked about a new okay. event yet, but we do want to do a, um, a collaboration with Dear Gorgeous Letters, so I don't know. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But then also, because you sing as well, don't you? Yes. Yeah, you I do so sing. beautifully. I and do. then at the yoga event that you... Um, the first one that you uh, facilitated, mm-hmm. there was a... Uh, Microchild. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So was it instruments and singing? Yeah. So yeah, um, Microchild, um, which is a local um, Pacific um, band, uh, mm-hmm. they actually released uh, an EP last year that was so beautiful. You can actually watch their live show online right now if you wanted to. Um they wrote and produced all of their music on their EP, and it's basically like the sounds of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. It sounds so beautiful, beautiful. and so... Um they came and they played an acoustic set while I taught my flow, and it was just. Did you sing? No, I didn't sing. You have such I a pretty voice. <laughs> I was one time. <laughs> do you think I love singing kirtan? Do you? Do you? I have actually always wanted to try, but I haven't. No, I've not. One of your gatherings. Let's do that. Kirtan. You should. You do. You should do. You should also uh, do. A, I've been asking Claire to do this, by the way. An ecstatic dance. Oh. We've been doing. Okay. Well, the thing is, I've been doing this for years, and I end up being the only one. <laughs> <laughs> shows up like a solo. <laughs> <laughs> well, and at Ritania, last time she was uh, laughing because this was before they put the tent mm-hmm. up, and it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, she's like, Claire, after Let's five minutes, everyone's going to get heat stroke. <laughs> oh so God. the only ones left on the floor were me and, like, um, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda Young's little kids. Oh. Everyone else is, like, beat red. We're like, this is not the time to do it. You got to do it like yeah. a yeah, sunset, sunset or something. Yeah. yeah. But we had planned, anyway, it's a meditation. So, yeah, it's just a matter of, like... <laughs> maneuvering it so it's when yeah, yeah the sun is setting yeah <laughs> <laughs> you'll be out there though <laughs> but um also Liv, you you made a good point about having the balance getting mm-hmm. back to the whole business of things and mm-hmm. how you were saying it would be good to um like how you have certain events that mm-hmm. are for you know like are donation based mm-hmm. or some that are um like you said meditation for kids and then others where you do um provide for those who are willing to spend right spend mm-hmm. a little more um what i've always found is and it's interesting because I 
of course, um, got the idea from my cousin mm -hmm. who has taught this to her son, and I thought it was just beautiful. Shout out to you, Anna. So her <laughs> little boy, um, he has, you know, he, he, he has his allowance, right? Okay. He has chores around the house and he has his allowance. And he divides it in three. Some of it is tucked away for mm -hmm. saving. Yep. Some is for spending. Mm -hmm. And the other third is for gifting. Oh. And I just thought that yeah. was like the most precious. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to consciously yeah. keep that. Because, you know, over the years, like with Synergy, you know, we, without consciously, you know, I just, when I, when he, she told me about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to definitely keep a mental note to like mm -hmm. do that. But, you know, so like when there are events that, you know, are going to be, you know, going to charge people like a sweet amount, mm -hmm. there's also something to balance it out where, okay, mm -hmm. but there's donation-based classes yeah. or there's outreach, you know, yeah. there's going to schools or going Definitely. to, um, I used to actually teach uh, yoga or practice yoga with the Oka nuns over at Mercy Island. What? what? They're so, can you how believe that? And that, that showed me yeah. how evolved and how, not evolved, I shouldn't say that, but how far we've come yeah. so for open. like one of the Sisters of Mercy literally like was like, Claire, can you teach us? You know, yeah. can you come once a week? So sometimes it would be like they would want to just hear cha-cha music and we would just dance, dance right? Yeah. But other times, because it was supposed to be yoga. Yeah. So we'd just do seated yoga and we'd just do breath work mm -hmm. and like, and even with this, I'm like, eh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, really, for, for them to really... Be open to it. Yeah, yeah. Open to that. I'm like, and I reached out to, we used to actually um, do something together with one of the nonprofit um, programs on Guam that help those um, substance, mm -hmm. uh, those on... on trying to deal with their, their sub, substance addictions. Mm -hmm. And um, I reached out again recently, hoping that we could have some sort of, you know, once a week donation class, mm -hmm. or not donation, yeah. but just basically outreach. Yeah. And I was shocked to find out that they they felt that yoga, they would do something like Zumba or something else, but they thought that yoga was um, religious in some way, or mm -hmm. like spirit. I mean, of course it's, a, I find it's especially I, I don't it is yeah, spiritual. I teach a spiritual yeah. element. Yeah. We are going to chant. Yeah. We are going to meditate. So that's just ironic, though. I know. Of, the, of every of anything, I would yeah. think that's where you'd really the want this. Steps is very. Mm -hmm. Do um, you guys incorporate the the chanting or the meditation or the other aspects in, when you teach? I try to. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, do you tailor it though, like depending I do, on yeah, you? because there's there's certain spaces that are looking for more commercial right. Right experiences, right? Yeah. Um, but I do definitely have my classes every week that I can sort of just let it all out. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like I have everything out of the toolbox, yeah. right? Yeah, but I do. I specifically remember my teacher back in India sort of saying like, "Don't worry too much," because I think once you come out of yoga teacher training, especially you're on this spiritual high, and you just yeah. want to share it with everyone. Yeah. And um, and which one of the things that she said was like, "You don't worry too much about people understanding that aspect because when they come to practice." will speak for itself yeah mm -hmm. and then everyone's on their own path too so that's kind of been something that I've had to um adjust to yeah yeah mm -hmm. or yeah over the years I've had to be okay and then realize Claire it's your ego <laughs> like when people would walk out like in the middle of chanting or like oh, yeah. you know some sort of like doing the chakra toning yeah. and being like it's okay this yeah. is not for everyone and that's yeah. okay yeah, yeah. 
Um, and how about you with class when you? I so I haven't taught yet. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But part of the teacher training that they definitely hit a bunch of different areas. Um, you know, the chanting, the meditation, mantras. So yeah. I think it's definitely now figuring out. Okay, what is my style of teaching, and how do I? Um, how do I maybe adapt it to different groups? Because even when I think about, okay, if I were to make a list of who could benefit from yoga, there would probably be some, like, groups that people don't normally think of. Like, you know, obviously athletes, I think, are a big one. Um, people in prisons, oh, mental health. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a wide, firefighters, mm-hmm. for example. Like, there's so many different groups that could benefit from yoga. They just need to find what that connection is right. for them. So yeah. I think as, you know, as teachers, too, it's still bringing our style and, um, you know, influence into it. But yeah. everyone's going to find some different connection yes. to it. Yeah. Well, Tom Boz was on Guam recently. Have you heard oh, of yeah, the veterans? Vet- yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, he taught at Jeff's. Yes, he taught at EPAL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wish that, because I, I, don't, I don't know if it was really put out there. Yeah. Like, I, I know he was brought out here through Saipan. And then mm-hmm. since he was out here, I guess Guam Humanities was like, hey, can you mm-hmm. come here as well? So, But I just felt like all the a lot of the events I went to, I don't think people, a lot of people were aware of. And I that mm-hmm. would have totally been so yeah. good. Yeah, there's definitely a place for it there mm-hmm. as well, that community. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of what we're doing here too is breaking new ground for people because I think that wellness, the wellness industry tends to, um, people tend to have this opinion of, of only a certain demographic mm-hmm. has access to it or can mm-hmm. um, have wellness, um, and I mean unfortunately that's just the state of how our society is sort of structured right now. Yeah. Um, but how do we um, take this practice and 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 translate it so that other people can understand that it's good for them too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's someone who's broken that, that yes, stereotype. That, yeah, yeah. Um, and they found, in the same with the Global Wellness Institute, that they call them brogies. <laughs> oh, brogies. I didn't realize they had to have a specific name. <laughs> oh, but God. apparently, these are men who yeah. frequent yoga. Thirty mm-hmm. percent of men. Yeah. Or thirty percent in an average class were yeah. men, and they've they practice usually four to five times yeah. a week. Thirty yeah. percent. Can That's I just say too that in the East, original yogis were all men. Exactly. Women didn't practice yeah. yoga the way men did. So And they um, were young men. That's yes, they, they were, were like they usually teenagers. When, <laughs> when they're young and um Krishnamacharya had one female student. Early, yeah. earlier in the um, the last That's century, right. yeah, I get that out. So yeah. It's just funny how like there's that big difference between mm-hmm. like only women practice yeah. wellness in the West, but that's, some marketing got in there somewhere along the it way. Lululemon came is. in. Right. Yeah. Everyone's like they have to do the splits and where they're living. <laughs> something happened with marketing where yeah. it's, not it's, like, a, it's some type true. of commercialization yeah. that mm-hmm. happened. I feel like, but mm-hmm. but things are shifting. Oh definitely. yeah, definitely. I feel definitely. it on so many levels. Yes. I'm not yeah. going to say the toxic masculine, but, <laughs> but, you know, the shift not of men, but of, like, the energies. Yes. You know, you really yes. see, like, a breaking through of the divine feminine yeah. yes. on so many layers and yes. levels. Um, before we close, anything else you want to share about your exciting businesses, events, anything? Mm, no. I mean, you can you can find Dear Gorgeous Letters on Spotify. Dear Gorgeous yeah. Letters. Dear okay. Gorgeous Letters. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook. And you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Um, yeah, that's it. All yeah. right. Tune in. We have really, Liv was a most recent guest. We've had a bunch of different women here from Guam and from the region. So You said it's yeah. on your second season. So it's second season. 20, over 25 already. 20, Liz, Liv was 
27. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Auspicious number nine. Yes. Yeah. And we, in between the, like, we call them gorgeous guests. So they're connected. So they have to write, um, the previous guest has to write a letter to the next guest without knowing who she is. Oh, wow. And so Liv got a letter from our last guest and she was able to read it on air. And all of these letters end up being so beautiful. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And in between those episodes, me and Akina, we unpack certain subjects that we feel passionate about. And this is all, again, about wellness as well. So we've talked about our definitions of abundance. We've talked about serial monogamy for some reason that was our most popular <laughs> episode last <laughs> season serial monogamy yes do you know what serial monogamy no, is? No, what is it? It's like, well, monogamy is like you're with one person, right, right. but then you like jump from relationship to oh, relationship okay. and you're just never single. Yeah, serial. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, um, okay. so we talk about different topics like that. And um, our most recent, um, G- we call them GNA Sash because her name is Akina and my name is Jelena. We had a <laughs> local reporter on. And um, she talked about her knowledge on media literacy, which is, you know, kind of important how we sort of digest the media that we take in every day. Um, How do we, especially with the news, right, how do Mm -hmm. we, like, um, properly, you know, make sure that what we're reading is fact-checked and real before right. we pass it on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Check us and out. And it's nice that, you know, with podcasts, you're, you're a little more liberated to speak more openly yes. about yes. Well, some things. There was yeah. an episode, honestly, because, you know, it's it's nice to, to get a, a good, I don't know. I like just talking about things that are, we don't usually talk about that are important. And mm-hmm. I was speaking to a psychologist about the... Um, the uh, psychology behind pedophilia. Mm. And, you know, it's such a traumatic thing. And, of course, especially for those, you know, what just the statistics are crazy. One in four girls, one in six boys. Mm. And, um, but certain things like that are flagged. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So even on a pad, on a kind of triggering. Yes, exactly. But it's just for something that's so prevalent. I'm like, man, how is there a way to have, to have these conversations and have more healing in Mm -hmm. that? Because it's so prevalent. But Oh, that's a, that's a lot. Those are huge. That would require huge cultural shifts to, to even have those types of conversations. Yeah. 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 But, hey, we're moving in that direction. We are. And how about you, Liv? Anything you want to share? Parting um, words? Yeah, I would say um, check out Eno Wellness Collective. I think it's, Instagram's probably the best way. It's just at Eno Wellness Collective Guam. Um, Explain and then, what Ina means. So Ina is the Chamorro word that means to illuminate or to shine a light on. Um, and Wellness Collective really just being, you know, hoping to bring the, all the different people doing health and wellness in the community together nice. and making it um, exact, accessible and more of a community um, environment. So like but a nice co-op. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, we have events coming up February 29th and March 7th and then the first retreat in September. September. Yeah, so thank you thank so Thank you for much. having us. Thank, thank you Claire. for being here. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> and I'll see you next time. You can find us, this show, and all others on Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, YouTube. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>